Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to A Living Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Flavia, who is living abroad in Spain, particularly in Barcelona. Flavia discusses how she discovered her interest for traveling from her adventurous parents, what were her initial thoughts while arriving in Spain, we talk about the famous Spanish accent, and why is it important to her to promote and discuss Latinx travel abroad. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. All right, Flavia, welcome to A Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Anytime, anytime. She is in Spain, España. I'm so excited to talk about Spain. So many things to talk about Spain. <laughs> All right. So, Flavia, if you don't mind, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so, I am. I was born in New Jersey, and so in the U.S. My both of my parents are from Peru, from Lima. So, I grew up speaking Spanish, and then obviously now also speak English and kind of following behind my parents who immigrated from Peru to the U.S. And now I myself have immigrated from the U.S. to Barcelona, Spain. So that is where I find myself now. Awesome. Awesome. So Jersey, so you, you're kind of like the armpit of New York, right? No, I'm joking. Oh, the armpit of New Listen, I had to say, I'm sorry. I'm from New York. You're from Jersey. I had to say, I'm sorry. Now I'm joking. I'm joking. So we're, right, we're in Jersey. You. We're in Jersey. Like my favorite. <laughs> we're in Jersey. Um, so I was born in Newark, and I lived in, like, the hillside Elizabeth area until I was 10. And then at that age, um, my family moved down to the Jersey Shore. Okay, the Jersey Shore. Very cool, very cool. All right, so take us to, you know, you. so you obviously you're born and raised in the U.S. Where did you get? I saw that you've been to 25 countries, which is amazing. Um, so where did this love of traveling begin? Yeah, so I actually, the first time I went on my international trip, ever was when I was actually a month old my parents took me back to the motherland so Peru um to introduce me you know to La Familia and everything like that so that was my first trip and ever since then up until I was about 14 we went back to Peru every year um we did do a few other trips like around the U.S. and everything but after that I traded instead of having a quinceanera um I went to Europe for the first time on a three-week trip with wow. other teens. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of a 16, we went to China for two weeks. So wow. So your parents are like travelers. Yes. My parents love to travel. So I definitely get it from them. If it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be here. That's amazing. My parents do not like to travel. My parents are just DR New York. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I know, but it's so funny because, again, your parents immigrated to the U.S. And, again, I don't know about Peruvian culture or people that are, you know, from Peru. But the one thing I get about, like, Latin America and people that come from Latin America is, like, all right, we immigrated to this country for a better life, right? But we always got to go visit where we come from, right? So not lose, like, that that heritage, that that, that herencia, you know, of, you know, where your family comes from, all these other things. So it's interesting to hear of of you being Latina and that your parents love to travel, right? Because when I think about anyone that's like, all my friends, you know, that have immigrant parents, their parents don't travel like that. Like, it's not, <laughs> I've never heard of you, you, I think you might be the first person I know that's Latina or Latinx or whatever, and that's gone to China. <laughs> that's, 
Yes, no, no, but plus, claro, we always went back to Peru. Like I said, that's why I, yeah. for the longest, we'd always go back to Peru. And not just Lima. My dad wanted to be sure that we went to all the different departamentos. So I know I've been to the rainforest, been to Cusco, Machu Picchu, like a little mm-hmm. bit of everything within the country before we really started exploring other places. My parents are beating me because they've been to Thailand and Vietnam, <laughs> places I haven't even been to. So wow. Literally but that's amazing, though, honestly, because you, you, I feel like we don't, we don't hear enough of that, right, of of because you know you think of like people like us you and i oh you know we're expats quote unquote and we're like you know we're living abroad you know all these cool things but you know older people that immigrated for you know a reason besides just a you know a better life right first and foremost all right what we want a better life for our children so we're going to move to the u.s right but you don't hear about these people that again i don't know how old your parents are but i'm assuming they're like in their 40s or 50s something like that right no my dad is 66 okay so, and my mom is like 55 uh, all right my parents are also <laughs> in their 60s so that makes sense but we don't you don't hear enough about that right of people that are more older that are latinos right mm-hmm. or people of color that also still continue to travel like that i feel like you don't hear especially the immigrant story i think if you, you, you think of the immigrant story being oh you just move to this country and you stay there forever and you never go anywhere else <laughs> Yes, no, definitely. My parents are like the rare ones. <laughs> That's awesome to <laughs> but I hear. I love it. That's awesome to hear. All right, so thank you to your parents. You developed this love of traveling. All right, mm-hmm. so when did you ever, before you moved to Spain, did you ever visit Spain before you moved? Yes, I've been here three times before I decided to make the move, and it was actually very sporadic. So I came last year, so April of 2019, um, to visit. I actually did a group, like a French trip. We went to Morocco, and then we went to southern Spain. I also went to Paris, and then I came to see a cousin here in Barcelona. And on a whim, I was like, hmm, maybe I want to study here. Originally, I had wanted to do my undergrad in Barcelona, and that didn't happen because I did it in New York. So I wanted to do a master's program, and I decided, and I didn't actually apply until June. And the deadline was like two weeks from the time I decided I was even going to apply. So I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to get in, what is going on. I have to get the visa, et cetera, et cetera. I got in, got it all figured out, moved to Spain in actually September 11th. So two days from now will be a whole year that I would have been here had coronavirus not happened. Wow. And you said you studied in New York. Where did you study in New York? I studied in Pace, Pace oh, University very downtown. Nice. Very nice. Very cool. Very cool. And what did you study? Modern languages and Latin American studies. Amazing, amazing stuff. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so you have one year abroad now, right? So when you visited Spain in your first, you know, your first three times that you visited, what did you like about it? What do you love about it when you went? So I love that it's close to the ocean. Now that I've been living at the Jersey Shore prior to this, I'm always used to having the ocean nearby. And then in Lima, the ocean is also right there. So I'm like, I feel like I just need it there. For You're comfort. a coastal baby, a coastal baby. <laughs> exactly. So I just need it there. I need to know I can go see it whenever I want. So I love that. I love also the closeness to the rest of Europe. You know how here we have Ryanair and all of these low-cost flights. And I love to travel, so I mean, it just makes sense to have something like that right here where I can just easily go anywhere. Um, And then also just the weather. The weather definitely had a good influence. It doesn't get too cold like it does in New York, so that's helpful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. And then when when you first moved, you moved right into Barcelona or were you living somewhere else? Nope, right into Barcelona, right into my cousin's apartment at first. Oh, okay, very nice. (laughs) Okay, so that was a major reason. It had a place to stay versus the city. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, of course. That definitely helps. And, and if you had a choice, so let's say your cousin didn't have a place there. Let's say there was no you, you knew no one there, and you had to choose between mm-hmm. Madrid and Barcelona. You would still choose Barcelona. So I actually didn't go to Barcelona until December of last year, so 2019. Oh. Before that, I'd never been to Madrid. I've only been to Barcelona for like the times prior, but never Madrid. Okay, so you only been in Barcelona when you went to Spain. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice, yes. nice, nice. Got it. And what? So obviously, it's a coastal city. What do you think about when you first get, when you first living there? Right, obviously the Spanish is very distinct <laughs> from Spanish yeah. that comes from Latin America, and obviously they speak Catalan right. as well in Barcelona, right? Yes. Or Barcelona, if I'm saying it correctly. Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Because you yeah. say you know you speak Spanish. So what was that transition like for you? So it was definitely some words like hostia that I'm just like, what is this? Because I obviously never say it. And I'm, so it was a little getting used to some words. I have picked up a few Catalan words that I'll say every once in a while. Um, but the accent, it's like, I'm like, still not 100% used to it yet. I have to say I do prefer Latin American Spanish. Mm. <laughs> so sorry if any Espanolas are listening. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just so much more used to it. I grew up around more Dominicans, more Colombians, Mexicans, so I'm just a lot more used to that accent than, than the Spanish accent. Yes, and that, and that's one thing that I really want to drive home to people that are listening that might not be Latinos is that, you know, as most people know, though, it's like it's different dialects. So the dialects can trip you up as far as, you know, what words are being said and, and the cadence of the way it's said. It's, it's different, and you don't... 100% understand all the time, you know, what they're saying, right? So, for example, like, here in Costa Rica, they say, like, I say, imaginate, like, you know, imagine, mm-hmm. and they say, um, imaginate. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, voz, I'm like, did you mean, yeah, and then they use voz, exactly, and I know they, you know, so I don't use voz, but now I use voz more here because I'm in Costa Rica. So, it's the yeah. transition's always been, and, I, and I've also, I've been to Spain, and if you, I remember you telling me you listened to my episode in Spanish. So I felt, I, and I'm going to ask you this question. When I went to Spain, I did not feel super welcome. Like, I, I felt like an outsider. Of course, I'm a foreigner, right? So in that sense, you feel like an outsider, right? But when I traveled right. to, let's say, Cuba or Mexico or Colombia, I didn't feel that way, right? When I was talking to people or in the areas that I was in, I was like, oh, this is dope, right? But I didn't feel like a complete outsider as if I wasn't Latino as well. But when I went to Spain, though, I felt like, one, I was in Europe, and two, I was in a place that had nothing, that, like, the only thing I share with these people is the language, and that's it. No cultural similarities at all. So did you feel that when you moved, or tell me about that? Yeah, so it's, uh, I definitely do feel that um, at times it, there's this disparity between like being European, Spanish, and then being from anywhere else that is Latin America. Um, actually, when I got here last year, so in October, so in the U.S., Columbus Day here, Dia de la Hispanidad, uh, it really like shocked me that they kind of celebrate it as a day that they went to Latin America to colonize it, to teach them all of these different things like that we in Latin America just didn't know anything that they had to bring culture Mm. and that's me I'm like well you know the Mayans the Incans they all had their own culture and they all were very (laughs) smart in different ways they were creating pyramids they were doing all of these other things so I mean that really I was like huh 
Wow, that that is something interesting because we don't see it that way <laughs> in Latin American countries. It's seen totally different. So that really was kind of like a wake up call. It's uh, I guess in a way maybe how the British might see the U.S. or. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, there definitely has been times where I do feel that I actually, for some reason, feel it now, this second time that I'm back more than the first time, maybe because things are slightly different with this virus. I know in Spain, the economy for the most part, it hasn't been the strongest and now, well, it's not any better because of this. So there might be even more tensions between the locals and foreigners that are immigrating here. Mm, Got it. Okay. See, I think it's very powerful that you said that because, you know, you mentioned the British in the in the U.S., right? I feel like the difference between those two is that the U.S. became like the superpower, <laughs> right, in the world. So they couldn't be looked at as like a little brother kind of thing versus, um, you know, I mean, most people would say the U.S. is more powerful than Britain, obviously, and in, Eng- in England, right? Like, that's obvious. Yeah. But in the case of Spain and Latin America, like, Spain is, is, a, is considered, right, a developed nation, while most countries in Latin America are considered developing nations, right? right. So it's this constant of like, oh, you know, we this is our burden, you know, we brought you this culture, we're trying to help you out, you know? And as if you know anything about like, you know, obviously Spanish history and most of these countries, these countries in Latin America, I can, I can, I can only speak for Dominican Republic, they have this kind of colonizer mindset where they also are very happy to have Christopher Columbus that he came to the Dominican Republic. And there's a faro, like a lighthouse dedicated to him in, in the capital. And they, and they have statues of Christopher Columbus there as well. And in other places in Latin America that I've visited. So, is like you said, is the, the mindset is a little bit different in Latin America, but not as much so as one would hope, right? Whereas, like, nah, Columbus came here and literally <laughs> massacred everyone that was here and, you know, and decided to bring yeah. all that stuff from Spain and they conquered all this other stuff, right? So I think that, I don't know if there needs to be, like, an enlightenment of, of some sort as far as, like, you know, how we view history or look at history, you know, that people in Latin America, even though I do agree with you that, you know, we have a different mindset than those in Europe, right? People in Spain, they're Spanish, but we haven't let go of that completely, right? And I feel that's like, like, that's like the government's fault in these countries, Latin America, that they still uphold, right? These kind of like colonizer kind of mindsets. And, you know, we can get into obviously colorism and things of that nature, which that's a whole nother discussion. But all right, we'll stay, we'll, <laughs> we'll stay, we'll stay there with Spain. So... Tell me more about, um, so you're in Barcelona, you know, you transition with the language. Or is there a Peruvian community there? Uh, what, what is that like? What, is there a lot of other people in Latin America living in Spain? Tell me about that. There are. There definitely are. Um, I met some the first time I was here. But Barcelona, I've realized, is a city that people come for internships or short-term jobs. So the circulation of people is very often. Um, a lot of the people that I met last year left even before I left because their time here was just even that more limited. and Or they have left since I've left because... Now they're on to somewhere else. But yes, there it definitely is a Latino community here from like different there are actually a lot of Dominicans, there are a lot of um I've seen a lot of Peruvian restaurants, so I know that there are a lot of Peruvians. I am actually trying to find some because I <laughs> They don't know that many, aside from my cousin, and it's crazy because on a Facebook group, I actually put up a post saying, I'm back in Barcelona, if anybody would like to hang out, and it's a girl group, and the first girl who talked to me and we started clicking, it turns out she's 
Peruvian, and she's actually going to be doing the same master's program that I'll be doing. So mm, wow, <laughs> that's, <awesome> that. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. And when you tell people, okay, when you told your parents you were moving to Spain, we didn't even speak about this. When you told your parents you moved to Spain, what was their reaction like? So the typical Latino reaction would be. Or parent reaction would be like, don't go, why are you going? Mm. My parents are not like that. So they are very, <laughs> in that way, very progressive, very open. They're like, if it makes you happy, we're happy to know that you're happy. So they were very supportive with pretty much anything I've ever done. So I definitely love that they 100% supported this as well. Well, that's fantastic. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have supportive parents back and you can move into Spain. And what would you say? is you know you've you had a year there already what would you say is a misconception that people have about spanish culture just spain in general because obviously a lot of people visit spain right and they think oh it's beautiful paella other shit uh so what is the misconception that people have about spain that you would like to clear up here yeah so i think a lot of people when they come especially to barcelona they kind of think that all of Spain and all of the different regions and culture aspects of the different regions are all all over the country. So people come here looking, and they do do it here for the tourism, like flamenco and things like that that are more from other regions, but they, they will sell souvenirs for it, and they will, um, you know, make experiences or make tours to kind of satisfy the tourists' um the tourist like needs or the tourist like expectation of the area when really those things aren't from here originally. Mm. So that's definitely something I've noticed. Um, and also the naps. I think that might be more something in southern Spain, <laughs> not so much in this area. Siesta. <laughs> yeah, la siesta. So they don't take naps there? You don't take your naps? <laughs> no, I mean, there aren't. <laughs> I would love to, believe me, I would. Got it, got it, got it. So wait, so what what do you do there in Spain? So I know you went to school in the States and then you went to Spain, but what do you what do you do there exactly? So when I got here last year, I started a master's in tourism, which I'm still in the project, like I'm still finishing up. I'm just working on the thesis and I will be starting a new master's in international relations. So wow. I'll have two masters. <laughs> why, why the master's in tourism? What are you trying to do with that? So originally I, well, now tourism, you know, has kind of gone downhill, but <laughs> it's something I've always been interested in. I love, since I love to travel, I also love to inspire other people to travel as well. Um, since I solo travel, I like to encourage other women, especially especially Latinas, to also try to travel by themselves because it's something that when I've told my family, not so much my parents, but like my aunts, my uncles and cousins, that I'm going to travel solo. You know, do you know somebody? It's always these questions. And mm -hmm. I've always been fine. Honestly, the worst things have happened to me in the U.S. than any other country. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So that's a perfect segue. So let's talk about your, your Instagram page, which is Latina Traveler. Is that, is that correct? Yes. So Latina Traveler, what was the inspiration? Is, is that just like your personal page? You just named it that? Or was there inspiration behind making the, the, the page a certain way? Yeah, so originally it did start as a personal page. It had a totally different name, which I don't remember because I've changed it a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Probably embarrassing, so let's not go there. <laughs> but when I actually saw that Latina Traveling was 
or Latina Traveler was available, I'm like, this is perfect because I'm a traveler, I'm Latina, I want to talk about traveling as a woman, traveling as a Latina, um, also the misconceptions of like mental health within the Latinx community, and then also personal finance, because that mm. has a big part to do with it when you are traveling, and it can affect a lot of aspects of your life as well. Interesting, interesting. And you have a pretty good following, I, I saw. Obviously, you're, you're, and you follow other people that I'm following, like Latino World Travelers. So it seems like there is this kind of movement happening, right? And thanks to social media where there's pages and, you know, and, and there's forums and whatever the case may be where people can see stuff and get inspired by, oh, shit, they can do it. That means I can do it, too, you know? And um, and hopefully my podcast is also that kind of thing as well. <laughs> That's why I interview people that are living all over the world, right? So I think it's so yeah. interesting. I think I think it's really important, honestly. I think because it's 2020, and maybe not 2020, but you know, we're in like you know the the the, the 2020s, right? The 29, you know, this last past five years, I feel there's been a, a uptick and like people traveling and people of color in particular traveling to places that people might not have gone before, you know, to just be like, you know what, let me go here, right? And you know, like for example, I have never thought about traveling to. I haven't. I haven't. You've probably been to. I mean, you have been to more places than I have been. So I've only been to really like Latin America and Europe. I haven't like been to like a place like, oh shit, where the fuck is this? You know, I haven't done that kind of traveling yet. I'm trying to, but you know, I'm sure you've been to places. I mean, your parents have, right? Like China and you, whatever Asia. And I've never thought about going to these places. But in speaking to people like you or whoever else that's you know a person of color. I'd be like, oh shit, like, you know, you seeing that representation should make you feel a little bit more at ease, right? Like, to be like, oh, wait a minute, that's, that shouldn't be so bad. Like, they look like me, right? They're my age bracket, they're whatever, same kind of, you know, background or whatever. So that means I can do it too. So I think it's really important that people like you and myself and whoever else is doing this, right, of like promoting like travel and things of that nature, you know, make it in a way where it's like, one, this is attainable. <laughs> right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> like this is not we're not special right like you know we're not i'm named angel but i'm not that special okay <laughs> like you know anybody yeah. can do this you could it is a possibility for anyone out there and especially people of color because as i'm sure you know flavia um most expats or people that are you know whatever foreigners or whatever they're mostly white they're not people that look right. like you and me or you know or black people whatever the case may be so i think it's so critical that you know that you have your page and that that is a place that people can go to. So anybody listening, check out Latina Traveler on Instagram. Great content on there. Great pictures. Of course, you got to have good pictures on Instagram. Right? You can't have some shitty ass pictures to promote something. There's got to be some high quality stuff. She's got it. She's doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's actually interesting you mentioned Latino World Travelers because I actually work with Latino World Travelers. You so. do? What? Yeah. I've actually <laughs> spoken to the, 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 uh, the creator. What, what's her name again? Vanessa. Vanessa, yes, I spoke to her. Yes, 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 yes. She's cool. She's cool. She's she's Dominican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. We I actually just got off a Zoom call with her a little while oh, ago. Oh wow, that is so I mean of course I know I definitely shout out to Vanessa, to Vanessa. I know she's gonna listen to this episode when she finds out. <laughs> that's so dope. That is so dope. All right. So yeah. all right, so and that's becoming big. You guys have a huge following there. I saw on Facebook and on Instagram that's you guys are trying to make that something really, really big, which is awesome. All right, so now we're getting to the final part of the podcast. All right. So I'm asking some lightning round questions and just give me like a one word answer. And if we if we and if we have to discuss more about it, we will. All right. Least <laughs> let's start with the negative. <laughs> least favorite city in all of Spain. Least favorite city. Oh gosh. I haven't even been to that many. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> 
I'll have to say from the ones I've been to, Madrid. Honestly. Madrid is at least well, that was my favorite. Why why? Why is Madrid your least favorite? Maybe because I spent the least amount of time there. <laughs> I didn't have um so I actually so I went to visit a friend. I stayed with her. She showed me around, which was great. Um, and I guess be, maybe because I've never done that, really, and I've always been the one to look up the itinerary and everything, and I just kind of left it up to her. And not that she showed me anything. <laughs> she showed me was beautiful. Sounds like you're blaming her. I love everything that you show me, so don't take it like that. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I just didn't find it as, like, pretty for me. I don't know why. Interesting. Well, blame your friend. No, I'm just... <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, it's funny because actually, I I really Madrid was my favorite city over Bar. Obviously, the, the conversation. Well, you like more Madrid or Barcelona, right? I think I like Madrid a, a little bit more because of, like I feel like the history was so like crazy there, and like I mean, of course, Barcelona has you know Sagrada Familia and, and the Parque and all that stuff, which is amazing too. But I don't know, like Madrid was just like this huge, like I don't know, like a metropolis of sorts. It was like crazy to be there to me. It was like really <laughs> wild, and being in the place of my conquistadors was kind of cool too, but. <laughs> But no, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was cool. I, I like Madrid a lot. Um, all right. So, what your favorite city is obviously Barcelona. I'm assuming. <laughs> I would be a toss up between Barcelona and um, Granada. I really love Granada. Okay. Wh- wh- why? Why is it the toss up? Why you like Granada? See, I don't know if I would live in Granada though. Aesthetically, mm. I find it very pretty and and pleasing but i definitely see myself well living here in, in barcelona <laughs> okay it's more like city is granada is a little more slow paced i'm assuming yeah it's smaller okay okay got you got you um what is your favorite like spot to go to on the weekend in spain oh see that could change depending on what <laughs> i'm in the mood for <laughs> all right you're picking one this um, weekend what what is it <laughs> Um, so I've actually been wanting to go, I, I went to this place once, but it was like an April spritz spot, so they mainly do April spritz, and it's really close to the beach, and it's just like a nice little place to hang out and everything, so, yeah, mm. I would say that. What's your favorite, uh, Spanish saying? Do they have any sayings there in Spain? That are very Like a saying, you know, like a una frase, una, I don't know, un decir. Claro. <laughs> Oh jeez. <laughs> um, I yeah. I, I have to just say ostia, even though I don't. I will what is? I don't know what that probably. means. Ostiar. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I think they mean like wow, because like when somebody says something like it's kind of maybe not shocking, but you know like kind of they're like ostia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like vale. I like what, they say vale, right? That's the thing. Yeah, they say vale. Vale, 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 vale. I, I heard that so yeah, many times yeah. over there when I was I'm like, all right, vale, vale. I never use it, obviously. But. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but so ospiar. So you say, when you say wow, something amazing. Ospiar, like that? Ospiar. Ospiar, yeah. Okay. Or ostras. Oh. Like, okay, very, very interesting <laughs> saying there. Um, <laughs> what is, okay, this is, this is, I guess, like a yes or no. Do you like the Spanish seta? Yes or no? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. That's one thing I'm just like, oh gosh, because <laughs> it makes it so much harder for me to understand what people are saying. <laughs> really, it, it is. It sounds like. I mean, to me, it always sounds like they have a lisp, right? Like they have something like stuck in their tongue. Right. Yeah. And but again, not to offend any Spanish people listening to this from saying, I'm just. <laughs> 
No, but when they talk so fast, sometimes I find it a little difficult to, like, differentiate what they're trying to say at times. So, mm. yeah. All right. Can't say much. Ah, step da, step da, step da. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now, this last part is just, is just you. You have, um, this is a final question. You have the floor. Tell me, what are you looking forward to the most of your remaining time, whatever time that is remaining, in Spain and in Barcelona? What are you looking forward to? So I would like to learn a little bit more because um, with Catalonia, in Barcelona, in Catalonia, there are there is like a lot of tension between um, this area of Spain with the rest of it. Uh, I don't know if you saw last year there were a lot of protests mm -hmm, like a month mm -hmm. after I got here for the los presos políticos and all of that going on currently. So there definitely is a lot of tension between the Madrid and Barcelona. Um, but then also just to be able to travel more throughout Europe, um, I'm definitely going to be here for at least the next two years. So I want to travel more around Europe, like Africa, I would like to go to um, possibly the Middle East as well. And it's just so much closer from here and a lot cheaper because of that proximity. So definitely taking advantage of that. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Flavia. I definitely did. Um, as you saw, we got into, you know, many different tangents, particularly myself, but <laughs> many different tangents uh, discussing Spain because I think Spain is a very interesting place uh, from when I visited. And obviously, you can hear from her experiences living there. Um, yeah, it definitely was a place where I would say it feels it feels very foreign to me. Um, and I don't know if uh, other Latinos feel that way as well. They have traveled to Spain. But as someone that comes from Latin America, you know, or as Latin American heritage, I should say, and has traveled to Spain, I, I feel like I'm in Europe, right? Like, I don't feel like I'm in any other country in Latin America that I've traveled to. And obviously it's in Europe. What I mean by that is its culture is European more than anything else, right? It's Spanish, but it's, more, it's European versus countries in Latin America, whether it be a Dominican Republic, a Cuba, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Mexico you feel obviously they have distinct cultures as well i'm not saying they don't but you definitely feel this kind of overarching like latino experience and it's just i think it speaks to the fact that one spanish and you know spain are the conquistadors of all these nations that i've just mentioned right and they have obviously gotten their independence and through that through that process and through history you develop your own identity as your own nations but also i think as a collective, right, as Latin America. Um, so I think there's, there's interesting um, interesting things there to uh, discuss further, obviously, and to uh, break down, but obviously not for now. <laughs> you do it on your own personal time, uh, or, you know, uh, or I might do it on an episode, who knows? But yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy that, though. And Spain, again, not to, let me be frank, Spain is definitely a beautiful country I, I would visit again, but it's definitely a country that I definitely tell people all the time is like, you know, yeah, I didn't feel very welcome there when I was speaking Spanish. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, next week, I'm going to have a solo episode. It's going to be a Quarantine Thoughts Part 2. I had a, I had a part one <laughs> like three or four episodes ago where I was discussing some personal matters and professional matters that were kind of still in transition. And now those things have come to fruition in one way or the other. So I want to disclose to you, for those that don't know, what has happened right now in my life in Costa Rica, both personally and professionally. So if you want to check that out and listen, tune in for next week. But yeah, and as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, 
and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. And also don't forget to follow me on Instagram at inlivingcolorabroad. See you next week. This is In Living Color Abroad. Peace.